Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Big Monday afternoon. Hope you had a great weekend. We are glad to be with you post-Father's Day weekend in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Perhaps some of you made the trip over to Dancing Rabbit for Father's Day. Got a little golf in on Saturday or Sunday at either the Oaks or the Azaleas. Never tried it. It is absolutely worth trying. If you've been there, you know how much it... uh, how cool it is and uh, worth a uh, visit back soon. You can book your tee time online at DancingRabbitGolf.com or just give them a call to uh, plan your trip and uh, find out what's going on at Dancing Rabbit. That's DancingRabbitGolf.com. Love to hear from you as we've got a lot to get to this afternoon. C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, right here in C Spire country. Big weekend of baseball as the College World Series rolls on. We have had one team eliminated. Virginia was the first to go home. Either Tennessee or Stanford is going home in a couple of hours. Early on, it looked like that team might be Tennessee. Stanford led 4 to nothing. The Vols have stormed back to tie the game at 4. They're in the top of the sixth inning right now. Tennessee is uh, batting in their smoky gray uniforms. We had the U.S. Open over the weekend at L.A. Country Club. Uh, mixed reviews on that golf course. Pretty, pretty fascinating final round of golf. It did get a little more difficult over the weekend. Plenty of buzz in the football recruiting world. Mississippi State has hired a baseball pitching coach. Winners and losers, college football fix, 100 teams in 100 days. Could we get another hour? Hi guys. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Happy Monday, everybody. It's a good Monday. Hey friends. Yeah. Hello, friends. Hope both of you had a uh, a nice Father's Day weekend. Borky, you were without power for much of it, correct? Uh, yeah, Friday at 5 a.m. is when I lost it, and last night at midnight is when I got it back. So, oh. yeah, it was... Um... It was tough, man, and what? So it was widespread, and and it was spotty too. By the which, way, shout out Ben Franklin. Yeah. Oh my gosh, uh, Ben Franklin. The I mean, we need to like we we have all this political you know, worship, right? Where, guy, hey, where people like yeah, worship yeah. at the feet of our modern politicians. Forget every single one. Right, left doesn't matter. They all suck. You know who's great? Ben Franklin. We need to have statues. 
everywhere of that guy. Because I mean, a key, a kite, some lightning, and presto, abracazam, we got electricity. How did people live in this? I know that they built houses differently and stuff, but how did people live here before electricity? Like, how did you, like, have a courtship? Were, like, were you just, like, sweating all the time? Like, how could you, like, have, have a nice date with a lady and, like, give her a hug after the date? Like, did you just soak her in your sweat? How did people live? She, she was sweating, <laughs> she was sweating too. too. Yeah, so I guess yeah. it didn't matter. Yeah. No, it was she tough, might have man. been sweating more. I mean, based on some of the dresses that we've seen from uh, from yesteryear. Seriously. There were some layers. Yeah. yeah. They were layering. Yeah. But we had those those two sets of storms come through here with with like seventy mile an hour sustained winds and knocking over trees and poles and all that. And when you looked at the outage map, uh before they hid the outage map, when you looked at it, it was just spotty. Like just random spots everywhere. It wasn't like one sweeping area where they all were missing power. It was like this little spot here, 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 like a Dalmatian. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, and uh, the the linemen obviously were working through the weekend, and we had more storms come through the weekend. But somebody last night was working at midnight to get my power up. Midnight on Father's Day, somebody on a Sunday night was working hard. I assume after an entire day's worth of it, sweating their you know what off, working and getting power up. So to that guy, I thank you. Uh, we survived. The dog survived. Got the little guy somewhere else with. Air took him to a water park yesterday. That was fun, and beat the heat best we could. There you go. There you go. More, uh, hey, Dad, did you feel sufficiently celebrated yesterday? I did. I did. I, I I got exactly what I wanted out of the day, which was I was left alone for the most part, except when there was food brought to me. Mm. So, good Father's Day. You you just sat on your throne, and that's not a that's not a bathroom reference. It's uh, just in your no. in your recliner. Remote yeah. close by, I, I, flipping flipping channels yes. and doing your thing. Absolutely. There you go. I, uh, I got Father's Day breakfast yesterday. Um, mm. Jane knows how much Good I meal. love this in particular, uh, but I don't know that it's necessarily the healthiest thing ever. She does the homemade chocolate syrup. Like where you do the uh, you, you like Hershey's cocoa powder, and then I don't know what all. Maybe it's just that and water, but I feel like there's some milk and some butter and probably some sugar or whatever that goes into it. And then you like boil it down to so it's like a chocolate syrup reduction. And brother, you yeah. take warm yeah. biscuits and you drizzle chocolate syrup over biscuits, and it I mean just hello, it is a game changer. So that some good thick crispy bacon and some eggs and. Uh, Good time with the kids, and then we uh, we went to Taylor Grocery, ate a little catfish last night. It was a good day, good day all the way around. Hope you had it as well. If you had like a a memorable Father's Day, whether it was this year or if there's something that is just extra memorable that has happened for you in the past on Father's Day, and you'd like to share, we would uh, we'd love to hear from you on the Ceasefire text line at six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Tyler, I feel like, um, has reduced my description down to just two words, and I guess he got it right. He said chocolate gravy cross. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, chocolate gravy. You call it what you like. I, I didn't even actually have a name for it. I just know that it is delicious goodness that, um, I could, uh, could probably make myself sick on and would enjoy it if that happened. That, that, that would be, that would be okay. So. I uh, hope you had a great Father's Day as well. Mike in Oxford reaches out. 
I'm not sure what Mike's doing. If he's maybe just taking a tour of the upper Midwest or whatever, said he spent his morning on the Notre Dame campus, he sends us a picture of, uh, of touchdown Jesus and, uh, and the Golden Dome as well, and uh, now says greetings from Kalamazoo, Michigan. So he is working the Indiana-Michigan corridor of uh, these United States. Mike, glad to hear from you. Safe travels to you. Hope that uh, all is going well. Jimmy and Enid says drizzle. I want them babies swimming in that chocolate syrup. <laughs> yeah, but you could do too much of a good thing. You could. All right. College World Series happening in Omaha. And outside of LSU's win over Tennessee, to this point, every single game has been a one-run game. Oral Roberts with the come-from-behind win against TCU 6-5 in the opening game of the College World Series. That was while Borky and I were on the air on Friday afternoon. And then Florida 6-5 over Virginia on Friday night. Again, come-from-behind win by Florida. They scored what? A run in the seventh, a run in the eighth, and two in the ninth, or three in the ninth to uh, come all the way back. On Saturday in Game 1, Wake Forest beat Stanford 3-2, to low-scoring game there. LSU got after Tennessee, beat them 6-3. to Yesterday in the first elimination game, TCU stayed alive with a 4-3 win. Florida beat Oral Roberts in a 1-0 game, 5-4. to And so now we have an elimination game with Tennessee and Stanford and a winner's bracket game with LSU and Wake Forest coming up later tonight. So far, the College World Series, guys, has been really, really entertaining. Thoughts? You watched any? Have you, it, Porky, I, I feel like you were limited a little bit. I, I was, but I, I spent a lot of time in the coffee shop. So, it, yeah, I, I watched a, a good bit, actually. Been really, really entertained. And it, it looks like the sports world got their first real introduction to Paul Skeen's who averaged, by the way, 99.7 miles per hour on fastballs through the duration of his outing. Yeah. I I mean, it is... And it was like 112 pitches or something like that. Yeah. 118. And a lot of people got their first introduction of him, and and boy, were they impressed. Uh, But yeah, it's been really good. Uh, I, I hate that. It feels like Oral Roberts or Oral Aha is going to go home. But uh, you couldn't ask for more entertainment, I don't think. Yeah. Cl- close games, good crowds, big crowds. The Jello shot record, if you're an Ole Miss fan, for- forget it. That's, that's, it's going to be gone perhaps by tonight. Um, LSU fans have consumed, go figure, um, gelatin with alcohol in it at, uh, at a record pace. Uh, they're up over 12,000 Jello shots, and they have yet to play their second game in the uh, the College World Series. That's coming up a little bit later tonight. So, yeah, Skeens was great. You remember our conversation with Ben McDonald last week? So there's one pitcher in big league baseball that has a higher average fastball throughout the course of the season than Paul Skeens' average fastball, which was, what, 98.6 or something for the entire year. And then Borky just mentioned the game from Saturday night, where he was, what'd you say, ninety nine ninety nine point seven was the average speed of his fastball. And, and good lord, yeah, yeah, and that was like sixty five percent fastballs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and pitched 
a more complete game than he has at times this year where he's just lived with the fastball. Back with you after this. Sports Talk Mississippi just getting started on a Monday. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. what he was doing on this uh, trip into the upper Midwest. And uh, he's watching summer baseball. I guess going to check it out where different uh, Ole Miss players are playing. He says that uh, Eddie Firmus and John Kramer are playing in Kalamazoo, Michigan in the uh, the Northwoods League. There are a lot of people that like that, whether it's going to the Northwoods League or the, uh, the Northern Plains League or the Great Lakes or Cape Cod or whatever it is. Uh, there are a lot of people that really enjoy watching summer league baseball. I, I've never done that. I'd love to go to Cape Cod at some point during the summer. Like, I don't want to go take a vacation to watch Cape Cod baseball, but like, I would enjoy, I think, visiting Cape Cod, Martha's Vineyard, that area at some point, and then while there, grab a baseball game just at some point, just to kind of check it off the list. Um, it it feels like a little a little more pure. Uh, or, or maybe one of the most pure forms of baseball we get. Of course, you could watch Cotton State's League Baseball right here in Mississippi if you want the uh, the same thing, maybe just a little bit warmer weather. Hey, Dan, I meant to ask you, how were the uh, the fighters' food? They were really good. Really, really good. Very enjoyable show. A lot of could weather I... issues. There was about an hour delay before they got started, but it was fine. Were you sitting... Did you have seats like under the roof of the amphitheater, or were you back on the on the hill in the open? Well, they they, they wouldn't let you in because there was so much lightning. So we just sat in the car until they uh, updated us and said, "Hey, you can come in now. C- come on in. So, I got you." Yeah. Did you at any point toy with the idea of saying, "You know what? Forget about it. We're out of here." No, no. I, I was pretty sure at one point I was like, it was looking at the radar. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to happen or not. But uh, we waited it out, and I'm very glad that we did. Well, good. Very good. Very good. Uh, this game with Stanford and Tennessee right now is good. Stanford's got first and second with two outs in the bottom of the sixth inning of a 4-4 ball game. They jumped out to a 2 nothing lead, got a couple of runs. Tennessee tried to strike first. Mally Ahuna tried to uh, tag up on a fly ball to left field and score. And uh, Borky's boy, Wes Rucker, said he was comically out at home plate. If that's coming from Wes Rucker, you know that it was not close. Uh, he so was. T- yeah, Tennessee missed the opportunity to strike first. Stanford got a couple of runs in the bottom of the first inning. They added two more runs in the bottom of the third inning. Tennessee's been close on a couple of plays, but then uh, the Vols sent ten men to the plate in the top of the fifth inning and uh, and scored four runs. Four runs, ten hits, and an error for Tennessee. Four runs, six hits. Stanford has not made an error. Again, an elimination game in uh, in Omaha. A little lighter crowd on a Monday afternoon than we've seen for any of the other games so far, but I think that's probably what you would expect for uh, for this time slot on a Monday. They're headed to the 7th, yeah. tied at 4, Tennessee and 
Stanford. How do these dudes play baseball? I noticed this this weekend. There, there's a trend among the youngsters. All right, I'm, I'm in my 30s. I can say that now. Where they wear these sunglasses that mm-hmm. look like ski goggles. Yeah. And, I mean, they are huge. It's like they got a TV screen on their face. How do you play baseball with those gigantic, ugly things on your face? How do you do that? There's no way that well, you that, do that, that, that as well Oakley's, as you do without them. That's Oakley's newest kind of like crazy sunglasses. Those rolled out two or three years ago. I mean, they're super light. I mean, you remember what the old M-frames felt like. This is just more coverage. It just keeps more of the it, sun out. It's it's not more coverage. It's strapping a television to your face. They got pla- they're got they wearing plasmas out there. You know, that's uh, that's what Apple's rolling out next. That's their, their new product. $3,500 for the... Uh, what is it? I can't even remember what it's called. It's their, their virtual reality headset thing. Yeah. Um, have you seen that seems like it would not be fun to play baseball in no but have you seen the kind of stuff that they're like telling people that they're gonna do with it now like one of their examples was you get to watch the game with your friends and all like they, they showed a, a visual of everybody having the VR headset on it's like if I'm gonna go with a group and gather to watch a game why would I want something on my on my face all right I'll so just that's... sit at home and do that. That, that's actually really interesting. So I had a conversation with an assistant basketball coach in the SEC this year who had a background in technology sales and said that there had been some experimenting with a VR home experience for watching college basketball that would basically be like you sitting in front row courtside seats. I don't think this is a potential good um, piece of technology for ticket sales. But could you imagine if you were, so not with a group of friends, Borky, but if at your house, instead of just sitting on the couch and watching it on the television on the other side of the room, regardless of how nice or how big your television is, you had on a, a VR headset and you were sitting there and it was as if you were sitting courtside? That sounds cool. It does. That sounds really cool. But? <laughs> but I don't like where we're headed with that. You ever see the movie Wally? That's where we're uh, going. I know what you're talking about. The, but the, yeah. We're headed towards that. Just like we've already reached the movie Idiocracy with Luke Wilson. You ever seen that movie? Watch it. It's a very... That's that's where I was going. I was like, have you seen the movie Idiocracy? We're, we're already that's there. That, that's already happened. Um, but get now my we're... can of Brondo here. We're, we're, we're passing that and going to Wally, where everybody's just going to have these chairs that float, and we just sit in the chair with the thing right in front of our face, and everything just gets done for us. We're headed in that direction. I mean, like technology is separating us further and further from human interaction. Like, you're not going to need friends anymore because you've got the friends on your face screen, they're all right there for you. Yeah, we're, we're we are teetering on the edge of too much technology for uh, yeah. for our household. Um, like, <laughs> we're just about ready for iPads and Xbox and phones to go away. Uh, I guess we haven't gotten there quite yet. It's it's as much of a crutch for parents, I suppose, as it is for uh, for kids. And look, we're guilty too, right? All, all yeah. the three of us are guilty, no question. No I mean, sitting on the couch at the house doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. At least it's not on your face. 
Yeah, you're right. Supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. You can uh, text us on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. All right, so in the Florida game last night at the College World Series, Kevin O'Sullivan, who's won a national championship with the Gators, I don't think there's any debating he's a good coach, almost cost his team. You uh, you guys you guys see this? So in college baseball, you are allowed six mound visits throughout the course of the game without having to pull your pitcher from the game. Like you remember in the old days, like a coach could go out and visit once, and if he went out a second time in an inning, a pitcher had to come out, and they 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 decided as part of speeding up the game, six mound visits across the game, but. If your catcher goes out to have a conversation with your pitcher, that counts as a mound visit. Somewhere along the way, Kevin O'Sullivan or his coaching staff lost track of the number of mound visits. And he made a visit with the bases loaded and two out in the eighth inning of the game last night. Only to be informed by, because they were going to talk situational stuff. How we want to throw to this guy, how we're handling things on the infield. Only to be told by the umpire, you're out of visits, you have to make a pitching change. Woo! Ended up giving up a run, got out of the inning, gave up a couple of base runners in the ninth inning, held on for the win. O'Sullivan completely owned it in the postgame. He's like, look, it's my bad. We're going to go back to work in the morning, get ready to try and win on Wednesday night. I mean, he said what he needed to say. He, he completely took ownership of it. It feels like that can't happen, though. Like, can't happen. How did that happen? Is it just as simple as you just lost track, forgot to ask? Doesn't somebody need to be full-time to keep track? You mean that's like somebody's job? Yeah. Like even even if it's just one thing, but have a player who's not going to play sitting right next to coach with, with a piece of paper in his hand and just marking tallies every time. Coach visited, boom. There goes one of our six. Coach visited, boom. There goes another one. And if coach is about to walk out again, hey, coach, 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 no, 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 no. You had six. See, hey, shouldn't I, that be somebody's but, job? But I'm pre- I'm pretty sure that happens already. Like if you ever walk in. Hey, Dad, I've never been, I don't guess, in states dugout pregame. I don't know if you have or not. I've been in Ole Miss dugouts before. And, man, they've got more charts than than you know what to do with. There are charts that show scouting report, how to pitch guys, uh, you know, what hitters are going to do, what pitchers are going to throw, tendencies, splits, all of these things. And then you got people that are, are charting everything. I have to feel like that's something that is being charted, and they just missed one somewhere along the way. You would think, yes. We'll pick that up when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. 
The Thunder and Lightning Catfish Tour, presented by Superior Catfish, is off and running as Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of the Thunder and Lightning Podcast trek around the state to catfish houses to talk food and, of course, Bulldog Sports. You can catch the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and watch the episodes on Super Talk Mississippi's YouTube channel. For generations, Superior Catfish has cultivated fresh, delicious catfish, and they've perfected a process to ensure you receive the finest product available. Remember, always ask for Superior Catfish at your favorite grocer and restaurant. When's the next stop on the Catfish Tour, Mr. Haydad? Thursday, we will be in Clarkson, Mississippi at Clarkson's General Store, and we will be joined by a couple of MSU legends, Jonathan Banks and Tobias Smith. Clarkson, Mississippi. Don't Google it. Tell me where it is. I was in the process I of Googling it. it. I, I, was, I was already trying to figure out. Well, it's a short drive for me. So north of Matheston. Yeah, short drive for me. Yeah, okay. It's not not it's not even shorter far. for Robbie. Yeah, northwest yeah. of Starkville. Okay. I got. You. Did you know Borky? No. There we go. All right, very good. I didn't know there was a city called Clarkson. I thought we were just going to Matheson, but. Robbie told me otherwise. Was it the uh, the Traceway Inn that used to be in Matheson? Is that right? Traceway Grill. It's still there. Okay. Eating there yeah. somewhere along the way. Uh, yeah. All right. So, we, hey, we were talking about this before the break. So, uh, Kevin O'Sullivan loses track of the number of mound visits. He says it was completely his fault, just messed up. I was talking about charts in the dugouts. I feel like that exists already. Somebody said, you need a baseball get-back coach. Uh, yeah, same same idea. There's nothing more to this, right, than just a slip up. Is that do, do we feel do we feel confident Agreed. about that? That so, yes. just they yes. just messed up. Yes, you done messed up, AA Ron. Although uh, I wonder what the repercussions <laughs> for for that screw up were for that poor individual that was supposed to be keeping track of that. I mean, unless you got a coach who's just like looking for a reason to go off, isn't that one of those things where you're just like, "Hey, we're all we are all fortunate that 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 didn't cost us." It'll, if, if you're Kevin O'Sullivan, you're like, ultimately, that is my job. But we talk all the time about the little things in our program, like getting bunts down, not missing signs. Pitch gets away, and Tennessee comes home to score to make it 6-4. So Tennessee now with a two-run lead over Stanford in the top of the seventh inning. He could be the nicest guy in the world or the biggest jerk in the world. So it's just appearance and nothing more, and never judge a book by its cover. Kevin O'Sullivan looks like the kind of guy that would punch somebody in the nose for looking at him incorrectly. He looks like the kind of guy that, like, after a beer and a half, tells his buddies, I want to fight somebody tonight. That's who. That's what he looks like. I think he's a little different off the field than he is on the field. Because you're right, there are not many more coaches in college baseball that look more mad more of the time than Kevin O'Sullivan. But I know some people that kind of know him away from the game that are like big fans. Like, funny guy, dry sense of humor, fun to hang out with. He's beef. Jokes around a lot. Yeah, he is. He's not. Here's the other thing. 
How many times have you seen Chris Lamonis or Mike Bianco or other coaches when walking to the mound, if they're not quite sure, they will ask the home plate umpire, hey, have I got one left, two, or or, because the home plate umpire is keeping that in the book. And Kevin O'Sullivan didn't do that. It was like he was just confident in the number, and so he went right on out, and boom, there you go. Didn't work out. And it cost him. But it didn't end up costing them. So I suppose for Florida, all's well that ends well. But um, that's one of those things where if you didn't notice coaches before asking umpires how many visits they had left after about the fourth or fifth inning, you're going to notice it now. Because nobody yeah. wants to get put into that situation again. Why is it that Stanford stinks in Omaha, by the way? Lately. Uh, anyway. Well, I mean, the winner of this game was going to be the we don't stink in Omaha team. Because Tennessee would have been 0 for 4 in their last four games if they lost or if they do lose. Is it is it just dumb luck? I mean, they, they lost by one the other night. Uh, uh, it's not like they they're yeah. it's not like they look like they don't belong. They look like they belong, but they're just not winning. Some of it has to do with draw, right? I mean the, the draw that Tennessee got was Paul Skeens in their first game and Quinn Matthews in their second game. The best pitcher in college baseball and the guy who threw hundred and fifty six pitches a week ago with sixteen strikeouts and one walk. And that's a pretty tough draw. But I guess I was thinking back to I mean, Ole Miss's draw last year, they got Joseph Gonzalez from Auburn in game one, who was a really good pitcher. I don't remember who Arkansas threw in the second game. I mean, it wasn't the combination of Skeens and and Matthews, the Tennessee. So that's some of it. And Stanford, for their part, I mean, Tennessee's been throwing Andrew Lindsay in the first game. He threw against LSU, so Stanford got Chase Dolander. And now they've just handed it off to uh, Chase Burns. So, good luck with that, Stanford. Chase Burns coming in to try and get the last nine outs of this game. So, I I don't know. Is it that some teams just feel more comfortable there? I, I don't know. And baseball is just that kind of sport too, right? Because did Coastal Carolina feel comfortable there? They don't, they, that, they don't that go team, there. That Coastal Carolina team could have played baseball on the moon and they would have felt comfortable. And couldn't you say the same thing about Oral Roberts? Now, I, I, look, they're not going to win this thing. It, it, they're going to have to climb out of a loser's bracket side. I get it. But did you watch them play and think any one of these guys is in any way, shape, or form overwhelmed by the environment? No, did not. I mean... You'd have thought they played it, playing it every weekend, all year long, like they played an SEC schedule where they went to Alex Box and and they went to Duty Noble and and they they played everywhere. And this is just another weekend for them. That's great coaching. Great coaching's not so much X's and O's. Loop football into this. Remember how it, everybody was understandably kind of making fun of Georgia for. Nobody believed in us. We were going to go 5-7. and seven. All that crap that they said after the national championship game. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing Kirby Smart does. That's the best thing he does. That's the best thing Nick Saban's been able to do. Nick Saban's run since he took over at Alabama. He has signed the best players 
likely most of which with gigantic egos. And he gets them to go to Alabama, and a lot of them don't even play right away. So they go to Alabama, and they fit right into that system, and they come out football-playing robots, basically. Their ability to get these players to have a mindset like they have is their best coaching job. It's not X's and O's. It's not getting on a whiteboard. It's Kirby Smart has a room full of the best players in college football, and every single one of them thinks that they are disrespected or underappreciated. The creation of the chips on these guys' shoulders is why Georgia's been so great the last two years. You remember Mike Bianco after it was all over last year talking about the fact that in 2014 when Ole Miss got to the College World Series, it was like, wait off your back, you finally made it. And so it was kind of about the destination as that being the next step in the journey. I'm sorry for pulling Coach Cliche out. I, I know that was straight out of the book of Coach Cliche's destination versus journey. But they had a different attitude when they got there last year. He's like, Congratulations, you made it to the College World Series. You need to celebrate that. But our goal is not to get here. It's to win once you're there. And we've seen that the last couple of years. Mississippi State winning it all two years ago, Ole Miss winning it last year. Those were clearly teams who were on a mission to do more than just enjoy Omaha and enjoy playing in Charles Schwab Field. It was They were there to win the whole thing. Does... Maybe every team thinks they believe that, but does every team actually believe that, and does every team play like they believe that? That Coastal Carolina team you were talking about, Borky, those guys thought they were winning the whole thing. The way Fresno State was swinging the bat in 2000, uh, whatever, whenever it was, they, uh, they, they thought they were winning the whole thing. They believed in it from a confidence standpoint. I don't know. And then what do you think? Why, 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 why does some teams struggle when they get to Omaha? Some teams aren't built for the ballpark. I mean, that's a real thing. They're built for their ballpark, but not not TD Ameritrade or Charles Schwab, whatever it is now. And some teams just don't have the mental fortitude. You know, they have good players, but they don't have the alpha dogs that you need to have to drag you to victory when it's, when the chips are down. Yeah. State had it. Tanner Allen. Ole Miss had it. Tim Elko. Not to mention some dudes on the mound. I mean, you know, those yeah. were offensive guys, but then also Helps. a couple of dudes on the mound on both Helps. sides that just shoved for the entire time yeah. they were there. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. The sentimental favorite was Ricky Fowler, but he was five over par in the final round of the U.S. Open, and he finished five shots back. Tommy Fleetwood made a massive charge on Sunday, shooting a seven-under final round 63, but he was plus two when the day began, and so he finished five shots back. Scotty Scheffler has been the steadiest majors player for the last two years. 
He played well, but not well enough. He finished three shots back, shooting a 70. Rory McIlroy, hard to believe, has not won a major golf championship in nine years. He shot 70 in the final round, and he finished one shot back. It was Wyndham Clark, who was 10 under going into the final round and shot an even far 70, and he finished 10 under par. One shot clear of McIlroy, three in front of Scheffler, four in front of Cam Smith, five in front of Fleetwood and Minwoo Lee and Ricky Fowler, and he won his first major championship, the U.S. Open at Los Angeles Country Club, it's plenty to complain about, and there was a lot of complaining online about the venue, about the number of regular fans that were allowed to attend. I mean, if you want to compare watching this weekend's major to, say, a U.S. Open at Bethpage Black, forget about it. There is no comparison. That is a raucous, rowdy New York crowd as opposed to a very buttoned-up, very corporate, very stuffy Los Angeles elite crowd. The golf was pretty good, and the storylines are pretty compelling. Wyndham Clark wins a major. Did it do anything for you? No. I hate it. This is a vocal I, medium. Like I appreciate the shaking of the head. No, if not, I got why? to it. I started why talking. Didn't it? I started because it. I just didn't care. I watched. I probably watched more of it this weekend than I've watched in a while, mainly because the guy whose house we were staying at, big golfer, so he had it on, and I was just paying attention. Okay. And then when we got to the uh, the con- the concert, couldn't go in, just put it on the uh, the phone there and watched a few holes there. So I was keeping okay. up, and so, you know, when, when Fowler was, was doing well, I was like, okay, maybe this is finally his time. But on, on Sunday, I, did, I didn't watch a, a single hole, so it didn't captivate me. Missing that late putt Saturday, I swear, destroyed all of the good mental capital Ricky Fowler built up and, and just couldn't overcome that on Sunday. It, it, I think the complaints are valid. It, when you've got holes at a U.S. Open where, where the leaders are coming through on Sunday with somebody like Rory and there's nobody there, that stinks. It does take away from, from the product itself, but to, to rise above, and he Clark tried to collapse a couple of times, uh, knowing who else was in that top was pretty impressive. I mean, you could have really, and maybe he did, look at the leaderboard and, and kind of shriveled up and and you know hit bad putts, hit bad shots, and let somebody like Rory overtake. The crowd favorite, I mean, Wyndham even said after the round, he's like, I hope one day I, I can play in these majors and they're all pulling for me. But he understood why they weren't. It wasn't like he was complaining. Yeah, they he was were like, all I get cheering it. for Ricky or for Rory. Yeah, and and again, he wasn't complaining. He wasn't ungrateful. He was like, I, I hope one day that I can become like those guys. But the crowd was against him. You had the big names biting at his heels, and yet he did just enough. That that was impressive for a guy that's not in that spot often. Hey, Dad, is there any is there a storyline or a player that could have pulled you in for the final round yesterday? So you watched Saturday just because it was on. The U.S. Mm-hmm. Open itself didn't grab you to the point where you're like, you know what, I need no. to turn this on on Sunday. No. Um, <sighs> no. no. I mean, if it I'm felt like Tigers Rory was going to win, and... would that have driven you at all? I might have. I might have come in for the last couple of holes with Rory. Yeah. So how do we get to the next 
to the next generation. It's a current generation. The, the, the young players on tour are stupid good right now. But how do we get to the point where those guys are captivating? Because Tiger Woods drew people in who had never watched golf. And it wasn't simply because he looked different. It wasn't just because his skin tone was different than right. most of the other golfers. There was more to it than that. Right. He, he was edgy. He, he, you know, some some golf purists don't like it. He hit his club sometimes. He cussed at himself. He every shot was like the most important shot in the world, and and he had emotions and he didn't mask them. He he conducted himself like a competitor instead of a gentleman or whatever the the old golf guard used to do. And because of that, it was for the non golf fan seeing a guy that's that intense is is draws you in. It makes you like the guy. The other thing to consider is you say, what's going to capture the next generation? That's not me. I am the the back end of this generation. So, I mean, young people, if you had a guy on there who's 25 or something, he might have been captivated. I don't know. I myself was not, though. No, I, I meant this current generation of golfers. Oh. No, not a well. generation of viewers. Like, like, what what or who can pull you in if you're not involved right now? Uh, you can think on that. Winners and losers, that's how we will start the 4 o'clock hour when we come back. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Don't forget the Summer Sunset Series is happening on June Sunday nights in the Grove on the Old Miss campus. goes from about 5.30 until sunset. And uh, great music, live music, bring a picnic, hang out with the family, bring your chairs. Really a cool way to spend a Sunday evening. That's the Sunset Series for that. And more information about things that are happening this summer in Oxford, visit the website, visitoxfordms.com. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Love to hear from you on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire. Learn more online at ceasefire.com. Slash business. It is Monday. It is the beginning of the four o'clock hour. It's time for winners and losers. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? We want to hear from you. You can send us yours on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Michael Borky, you get to hit lead off today. Give me a winner. And I'm glad you put it that way because uh, Shohei Otani never ceases to impress. And baseball is often called a sport that you can't win as an individual, right? At basketball, if you have... 
one good player, sometimes you can go a long way. I mean, the the narrative about LeBron and the Cavs is that he won by himself, but he also had Kyrie Irving. But either way, you can get narratives about one player can lead a team to a championship in football. Heck, man, you sign the right quarterback and look at what changes about your team or your franchise. Baseball doesn't exactly work that way. There's a lot of moving parts, except for in Los Angeles. Shohei Otani leads the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim in batting average, home runs, Mm -hmm. runs batted in, stolen bases, Mm. runs created, wins. Do we have an issue with him trying to steal bases, by the way? People have an issue with Shohei trying to steal bases? Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just thinking about all of the things that he does so incredibly well. Is that maybe one area where we'd be like, you know what? Why don't you just go station to station? (laughs) Anyway, carry on. uh, Wins, earn run average, strikeouts, pitches per inning, strikeouts per nine inning, and strikeout to walk ratio. He leads his team in all of those categories. He's having an unbelievable season again And my question is, are we going to see, and I think it's an obvious yes, the most valuable contract in American sports history? This coming season. Very likely. Because Messi turned down a billion plus and turned it down to go live in Miami. So Shohei's not getting a billion. But what's he yeah, getting? Because the Angels owners don't have the Saudis money. But I mean he's gonna get a lot. I'm hopeful that the uh the Giants are willing to pay it. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean the guy's gonna look great in pinstripes and there's nothing really anything anybody can do about it. Although they don't seem to be the same free spenders that uh that they once were. I mean the Angels are in the race. They trail only the Texas Rangers. Now, it would scare me to death if I was the Rangers of the Angels and I saw the Astros sitting in third place in the division, the AL West, but really not that far back. Because that's still the best roster in the division. But maybe this is the year that the Angels make it to the playoffs. And if they do, is that enough to convince Shoy Otani? if the Angels are willing to pay him, to stay put in Los Angeles? Or has that ship sailed? If he's in Los Angeles, it's in blue and white, or he goes to San Francisco, or he goes to New York, or he goes to Chicago. I don't know. But it's special. And maybe we shouldn't get wrapped up in where he goes next and just enjoy what he's doing in real time. Yeah, It's really, really impressive. I'll stick with Major League Baseball. The, uh, the the Cincinnati Reds are currently half a game out of first place in the Central. They've won eight straight and eight of their last ten. Maybe the hottest team in Major League Baseball. They have brought, I may not say his name, it's Deli De La Cruz, is that right? Or did I? Yeah, I Ellie. Correct. I'm sorry, Ellie De La Cruz up. A rookie from the Dominican Republic who is 21 years old and is 6'5 and is 200 pounds, and he nearly hit the ball out of the stadium the other night. Super exciting young player. Joey Votto is about to make his season debut. 
The Reds have been a disaster for a really long time. Cincinnati Reds playing good baseball. They're on the winner's list. Hey, Dad, give me a winner. Let's stick with Major League Baseball and talk about these guys right here, the San Francisco Giants. Won seven straight. They've put themselves in uh, second place in the West, ahead of the Dodgers, who they swept. Thanks for the Father's Day gift, guys. I appreciate that. That was really nice of you. Um, the Giants are an interesting team in that you know the Angels may only have one or they only have two stars. Giants have none. Name a Giant. Go ahead. Name one. Do you know any? I couldn't even name the whole starting lineup, and I'm a fan. That's, well, this is a Buster team Posey. of just no. They don't. Barry Bonds. Wrong again. Uh, the the Panda Bear over at third base. Incorrect. Tim Lincecum, the pitcher, the long hair guy that nope. people. He's off smoking the marijuana somewhere. Yeah, he is. Growing it or smoking it? Or all of the above, maybe. Maybe both. Maybe both. Uh, he's like yeah, Randy Williams, Marsh with longer Matt hair. Williams at third. I, I think he's dead. Nah. Is he? No, he's not dead. Oh, okay. But regardless, okay. Giants are playing good baseball. I don't know how long it'll last, but it's fun right Willie now. Mays? Still alive. Hmm. Okay. Not not a winner? The New York Yankees. Good grief. Good grief. They're they get swept by the Red Sox this right weekend? Now. Yes, they lost fifteen to five, six to oh. two, and four to one. And had one rained oh. out mercifully. And yet the Red Sox are still in the basement of the division. Um any other winners that we've got to get to? One more winner. We'll talk recruiting in the 5 o'clock hour, uh, so that that's not why I'm saying this is a winner. The Ole Miss coaching staff, uh, according to Dr. Josie Nicholson on Twitter, the Ole Miss coaching staff is the first Division One college football coaching staff that is fully certified in mental health first aid. Um, and that is... Helensky's hope is involved with stuff like that, but um, physical ailments are not the only issues with people. And and knowing that for however long it took them to get the certification, I did a first aid class in college. It was only physical, so I don't know what that's like to get it. But the fact that they took any amount of time as a group that sees or manages a 100 college-aged, impressionable young men knowing that they did something to get involved with mental health speaks to me directly, and it is awesome. And I hope that effort persists uh, across the country because, man, it is so easy to hide mental health issues. It is so easy to hide it. And there are so many people that do. And football coaches being able to help is a big deal. Very good. Very good. Uh, A late addition to the winner's list? Chase Burns for the University of Tennessee. In relief, Dolander was pretty average today. Three innings, four hits, four earned runs, two walks, two strikeouts. So what do you do? You bring Chase Dolander in in the fourth inning. What does he do? Six innings scoreless with two hits allowed, nine strikeouts, no walks. He threw 73 pitches in six innings. And Tennessee lasts for at least another game. Stanford is the second team going home from the College World Series in Omaha. How good is that from Chase Burns? 
I mean, I mean they, gave was, it. they had to have it. And it, look, you, you have to kind of applaud Tony Vitello also, right? He looks at it and he goes, our dude isn't getting it done. He brought Chase Burns into a game when Tennessee was down four to nothing in the fourth inning and believed that the offense was good. But he was like, they can't score anymore. If they score anymore, we're not going to stay alive. And so he brought his best arm in, let him go the rest of the way, and Tennessee advances, and it's tears for the Stanford Cardinal. Tough stuff there. Tough scene. All right, we'll get the losers on the other side of the break. I have two, and they are both television-related. Television-related. We'll give you those in the Pearl River Resort Studio when we come back. Plus, Borky's losers, Hey Dad's losers, and your winners and losers on the Ceasefire text line. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more online at pearlriverresort.com. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, and you on this Monday afternoon rolling through winners and losers. So we've gotten a question a couple of times. Uh, I think Dwayne asked this and maybe somebody else. Did Wyndham Clark's ball move? So we are. Con- this is still winners and losers, by the way. This is my submission for losers. The people who sit at home watching golf on television looking for rules violations that they can then either put on Twitter or Instagram or, goodness, grab that phone number, grab their bat phone, call... USGA headquarters or PGA Tour headquarters to report a potential violation. The move in question is Wyndham Clark. He's got a ball that's sitting up in the rough. He's got two wedges. He's trying to decide which wedge he's going to hit to try and chip the ball up onto the green. Kind of taps the grass down behind the ball. And there are people that are 100% convinced that the ball moved. There are other people that are 100% convinced that the ball did not move. What what we know from watching the video is the ball didn't roll. It didn't turn. If the ball oscillates but comes to a rest in its previous position, it's not a rules violation anyway. But I don't even care about that. These guys, for the most part, are honest. Save Patrick Reed. They're not out there trying to cheat. If a golfer (laughs) sees his ball move... He's going to call a penalty shot on himself. His playing partner sees it move. They'll call the penalty. Otherwise, they're just going to continue to play. 
That affected nothing. I appreciate the sanctity of the rules of golf. I appreciate the gentleman's game. I appreciate calling a penalty on yourself. I appreciate being a good sport about it, not pouting and complaining. I appreciate calling a rules official. But if you don't see anything, I don't need the schmuck with Cheeto fingers sitting in mom's basement calling the USGA bat phone to try and get a penalty called on a guy who's about to win $3.6 million and his first major championship. If that person is you, you are a loser. That is my first television-related <laughs> loser. I'll take a breath, and then we'll come back the with another one, one. I hope the next one is just as good. Thank you. With Cheeto fingers. Yeah. Forky, do you have a loser? Go. No, you, no, 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 no. Let oh, him you, keep you, rolling. You just keep, Let the, him keep, keep the momentum. Yeah, you got the momentum. Loser keep number the two. Loser number two. We stick with the U.S. Open. This has nothing to do with Los Angeles Country Club, has nothing to do with the USGA or Wyndham Clark or Rory McIlroy or anybody else other than the decision makers at WMC TV5 in Memphis. I understand that the weather department is the department in your newsroom that generates revenue. I get it. And I understand that because it's the weather department that generates the most revenue, you spend a running ton of money on your weather toys. And I understand also that the people who do weather on television get really excited in places that we don't talk about publicly when bad weather rolls around. But when the leaders of one of golf's four majors are hitting their approach shots into the final hole of the United States Open Championship. Not the Romanian Championship, not the Chinese Championship, not the Canadian Championship. The U.S. Open, the country in which we all live, that is broadcasting in primetime on NBC, because NBC thought that was a good thing to do, and you uh, you break into the coverage and give me a little bitty box in the top right corner of my screen to watch the final group hit their shots into the 18th hole or the 72nd hole, if you will, of the U.S. Open so that you can show me how cool your weather toys are to tell me that Fayette, Tennessee is under a severe thunderstorm. Not warning, but watch. And you can tell me how many lightning strikes have happened in the last 60 seconds. You are a loser. Situational awareness. It's a good skill for life. It would also be a good skill for the people who decide when to do weather cut-ins. I'm not complaining if there's a tornado warning. I'm not complaining if there is a life-threatening situation. It's a thunderstorm. We live in the South. It's June. Welcome to yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That doesn't call for a breaking news cut-in so we can see your weather toys. Losers. I'm done. What have you? Nick Saban tough, is a loser. Top that. It, it's not going to be better than that. But Nick, Nick Saban's a loser. No. Uh, complaining about the playoff format going into the final year of the playoff format. Here's what Nick Saban said to Joel Klatt recently. Quote, all we do is take the teams that win the most games at the end of the year and put them into the playoffs. Yeah, it's kind of how it works. <laughs> but... <laughs> Okay. Do you really get the best teams, he asks. When they told me that we would be favored against three out of the four teams that got in the playoff, I'm like, why aren't we in the playoffs? Now, there are people that agree with Nick Saban. 
Uh, but here's the thing. You were favored against Tennessee. You lost. You were favored against LSU. You lost. If you wanted to make the playoff, you could have just simply not lost to Tennessee and to mm. LSU. Mm. If we're going to let Vegas odds decide who makes the playoff, then we've completely lost the plot. Because again, Coach, Vegas said that you should have beaten Tennessee. You didn't. Vegas said you should have beaten LSU. But you didn't. It's your fault. Not the committee's fault. Nobody else's fault. Don't lose games, and you'll make the playoff. Win games, and you will. It's really that simple. He has turned into a whiner. And I don't like it. Hey, Ned, do you have a loser? Man, I feel yeah, I feel like I got a bet after Ruth and Gehrig after those two. Man, what am I supposed to do here? I didn't I didn't really have a good one to begin with. Mm. And yet uh, here we are. Well, um, would you like me to read this one from the ceasefire text line? Yeah, yeah. Maybe some one of our listeners can do better than me. Go. Uh loser. ESPN for continuing to put Carl Ravitch and Eduardo Perez on College World Series calls. It's an embarrassment. Eduardo Perez watched his first game this week. The game that he called, that's the first college baseball game he's watched this year. I guarantee it. Carl Carl Ravitch. The lead, air quotes, play-by-play voice Mm -hmm. of the College World Series called his mm-hmm. first college baseball game of the 2023 season Friday. Yeah. Friday. And and botched the call, right? Yeah, we had some fun on uh, that. That would on be Friday. a bit of an understatement. He called it a walk-off in the top of the ninth. It's the same rules in the pros, right? I don't watch a lot uh, of MLB. But. Yeah, I mean, there are a few variations, but yeah, if, if the home team is behind... They do actually still get to bat in the uh, in the bottom of the ninth inning. That that is that rule is the same in both uh, in both college baseball and the big leagues. Yes, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. So let's see if I can get it here. I don't know how quickly I can pull it up. But the call. Here you go. If you missed it, you get the run out that you're thinking. If you missed it, you get the run out that you're thinking. Oh, what do we got? This one is hammered to left field. Did he do it? Yes, sir. Walk off home run. The nine hitter, Blaze Brothers, and all Roberts rallies and wins it. TCU, I should say, in a walk off. That's right, not bottom. Three-run shot, though, puts him on top after it felt like they were down and out. 6-5. He he calls it Tried to talk off. his way out of it. No, Didn't. But but it got worse. I mean, it's like, yeah. I can see what's happening in the booth. That's not even a producer telling him. I mean, he might have a producer going, no. There was somebody in the booth with him that was like, no. Like, waving their hands. No, 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 no. Like, mouthing, no, no. It was Eduardo. And, and he... Uh, at least Eduardo knew like which inning it was. He calls it a walk-off, a come-from-behind win for Oral Roberts, and then he goes, no, TCU, and then it's like it registers in his brain. Oh, wait, no, that's not right either. T- top of the ninth, not bottom. 
and they take a three three run homer for the lead. It happens, you know. Does it? No. By the way, also, do we believe that the exit velocity on that home run that was hit by Oral Roberts was 131 miles an hour? No, we do not believe that. That's like next level stuff. Yeah. Hey. Good old top of the ninth walk-off home run. We'll get to your winners and losers on the ceasefire text line when we come back. Junction in the Grove and to the top. Don't yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. We will quickly grab a few of your winners and losers from the ceasefire text line. Then we will continue the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Here you go, losers. People worried about what Peyton Manning was drinking at the College World Series. Guess that's the price you pay for being a winner. I missed the... Was there an uproar over what Peyton Manning was drinking at the College World Series? A little bit of wine, yeah. What was he drinking? Oh, was he drinking a Bud Light? A Bud Yes. Okay. People are still up in arms over that. Okay. Uh, Garrett, winner, dogs hiring a solid pitching coach. Honestly, did not expect to make a quality hire like that. We need to spend some more time on that, but let's let's go there briefly. South Carolina pitching coach and did a good job with the South Carolina pitching staff this year. Joining Chris Lamonis' staff in Starkville. Hey, Dad, quick thoughts. We'll, we'll do this more in depth later, but quick thoughts. It, it shows a lot for Mississippi State to be able to go to another good SEC baseball program and be able to poach one of their assistants. It shows what, you know, Mississippi State, if you want to be an elite program, you should act like one. That's something elite programs do. They poach coaches from other good programs. So that's a, that's a really good hire, but he's got a lot of work in front of him. Well, he does. Uh, another, and, and we'll talk more about it coming up. Winner, Wyatt Langford hitting a home run out of the stadium. Hey, Dad, I know you weren't watching it. Borky, you probably were. Did you see his facial reaction when he made contact with the ball? Uh, Wyatt Langford is too good of a player to have the reaction of like, oh, my gosh, what did I just do? And, and I don't mean too good of a player like in a negative way. I'm like, that guy's hit bombs. He's hit big bombs in his career. But for his reaction to be like, what just happened? That was kind of the look on his face when he hit the ball as well as he did, and then he hits it out of Charles Schwab Field. Like, over the stands in left center field, and then that 50 or 60 or 70 feet of concrete that runs between the back of the stands and the concession stands, and then over the concession stands. Hey, Dad, you know how big that stadium is, man. You know that's, how that place that's, that's, that's a shot. It's massive. Yeah. Massive. Uh, think here's a loser or too soon. When does Ricky Fowler become the next Phil Mickelson when it comes to closing majors? 
My guess is Ricky Fowler would be more than happy with becoming the next Phil Mickelson because even though it took him a really long time to win his first one, he went on to win, what, five? Yeah, he's going to start winning them if, yeah. uh, if that's the case. He, that, that, was, that was tough to watch yesterday. Felt for him. Yeah, it was. He played really well. Got a big check, too. Don't feel too bad for him. That helps. All right. So those are your winners and losers on this Monday afternoon. Let's continue the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Team number 76 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days from the Big Ten, the Iowa Hawkeyes. So many things to say about Iowa, but first, just give credit where they're due. It's not something that uh, we've ignored in the past, but one of the coolest traditions in all of college athletics and all of sports at any level, the uh, the wave at Kinnick Stadium. Not the wave where you stand up and throw your head over your uh, over your head and wave your hands like you don't care. Not, not that one. Um, we're talking about when they turn and they wave to the Children's Hospital at the uh, end of the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter. It is... It doesn't matter how many times you watch it. It doesn't matter whether it's a day game or a night game. It doesn't matter if it's a big game or a directional school. Everything else stops, and that causes the hair on the back of your neck and your arms to stand up and little bitty goose pimples all over your body to pop up as well. What a cool thing that happens at Kinnick Stadium every single home game. Yeah, and and all the kids have, like, They've made them hands with like flashing lights on them, so everybody can see them waving back from their floor of the hospital back down to the field too. I mean, just the the short documentary that College Game Day did about that a few years ago. Oh boy, um, mm-hmm. yep. Somebody was cutting shallots like right underneath your face when you watch that. All right, so from waving to the children's hospital which is a universally loved thing, to a guy that's not universally loved. But should he be? Kirk Ferentz. He is the longest tenured coach in Iowa football history at 23 years. He has coached more games than anyone else in Iowa football history, 291 of them. He has more wins in Iowa football history, 181 of them. He also has more losses than anybody else, 111 of those. He has a 620, 62% winning percentage, University of Iowa, where he has been the head coach since 1999. He has surpassed everything that Hayden Fry ever did at the University of Iowa. And yet, how many different times within the Kirk Ferentz era have Iowa fans wanted their school to move on from their head coach? A few. A few for sure. You're currently including right in now. One. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're in one of those moments as we speak. Especially if Wisconsin works. Yeah. So you're not supposed to compare yourself to other people or whatever, 
But if Wisconsin makes this style change and it works, they're going to call for Kirk Ferentz's head because his son, the nepotism, is his offensive coordinator. They had... It wasn't the worst offense in college football last year, actually, if you can believe it, but they were like ranked in the 120s in basically every statistical offensive category. You know the stat that everybody loves to throw out there, that the, the 2001 Miami football team? Yeah, with all the NFL if, guys. If they never scored a point offensively, they still would have gone 8-4. and four. If you remove all of their offensive points, all of them, they would have gone 8-4. and four. The literal opposite for Iowa. If you remove all their offensive points, they're kind of the same. <laughs> it's just like nothing changes. They're, they were so bad last year. They made no changes. Uh, Brian Ferentz was quoted to say they're not really doing anything different with their system. And they brought in Cade McNamara to save them, the guy that couldn't win the job at Michigan. So, well, in fairness, the guy that couldn't win the job at Michigan was a good quarterback when he did play. He's better than anything else they had in Iowa. He's better than Petros, but is, is, is true, he going to... Like, McNamara was a good player. Yeah. They just had a better player. He, he's not saving yeah. that Iowa offense, though. But does he have to? Does yes. he have to save the Iowa offense, yes. or does he just have to be... Incrementally no, better they than they to, were at quarterback a year ago. It they has still to be won. saved. They still won eight games last year. And ten it, the it, year you before. You know who they that. reminded me of a lot? They reminded me a lot of the year that Sylvester Croom won a bowl game. If you go back and look at that team and how many defensive touchdowns they had and special teams touchdowns they had. And how many of those were the difference in winning and, and losing? You can't the UCF count and Liberty those. Bowl, right? Yeah, you can't count on defensive touchdowns. There, you know, it's not like you with a running back. You're like, all right, he's going to get ten, twelve touchdowns this year. You can't count on your defense scoring. You know, it's great when they do, and that's why it's usually a difference in, in victory and defeat. If you can get a touchdown, a non-offensive touchdown, but you can't count on those. So yes, all, the Iowa offense has to be saved. They they lost games last year in which they gave up. 10 points, 27 points to Michigan, and 9 points to Illinois. They lost two games where they gave up 10 and 9 points last year. Could you imagine trying to watch, not just watch that product, but invest in that product? You've got to buy your seats, and now you got to pay the players too. Could you imagine doing that with your own money and then going to the stadium and watching your team lose 9-6? to six? Maybe all their NIL dollars are just going to defensive players. Money well spent because they get a lot of those. Yeah, it's a good thing they had good defense against South Dakota State because they only scored seven and they won. Yes. I, I remember watching that game. South Dakota State had a, they had a linebacker. I forget his name. but Didn't he transfer somewhere? He could play, though. I, gosh, I don't he remember his name. LSU, didn't he? Is that who? Is that? Okay. He could play. No, he went. To, he's from North Dakota State. I don't know, though. I, could be. I mean, they did have a stretch in October and November where they scored 33, 24, and 24 in wins. Look at how many of those but, came from their defense. Well, you know, you got to look at who scored the points. I guarantee at least 21 of those points came from the defense. Mm, maybe so. It's just a brutal watch. 
I mean, you, you're throwing 24 points out like it's 1986 over here, <laughs> and that's a lot of points per game. That is not a lot of points per game. Look, against Northwestern, they had a lot of offensive field goals and a couple of touchdowns also. Yeah. yeah. We'll be back. What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Generals gathered in their massive. All right, let's finish up on Iowa. Here's the schedule. Oh, wow, they've got Firefest weekend in week one? Oh, oh, Fry Fest. Like a... Is that like a celebration of Hayden Fry or like an ode to potatoes? I'm going to guess that's what that is, yeah. Okay. Uh, they open at home Maybe with some Utah carp, State. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they play in Ames in week two. Their gold-out game is against Western Michigan in Week 3. Got to go to Penn State. Got Michigan State coming to Iowa City on September 30th. No game time for that one just quite yet. Uh, Iowa at Penn State is on CBS this year. Got to lock into that one. Okay, so that is September 23rd, right? Yes, it is. It is. Are you looking at... We still got CBS for the SEC this year. I know, but th- this is the kind of stuff, the perfect illustration of what we were talking about. September 23rd, the SEC on CBS would have the choices of Alabama, Old Miss, Arkansas, LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, South Carolina. So probably would have been in Tuscaloosa. Probably. Hmm. Yeah. Certainly a choice that they chose to make. Uh, Purdue at home. At Wisconsin. Minnesota at home. They are playing in the Wildcats Classic against Northwestern this year, Saturday, November 4th at Wrigley Field. That setup's cool. Yeah. Rutgers, November 11th. They go to Nebraska. Uh, Oh, and I missed uh, their game against Illinois, which is senior day. You know, oh, that was nice. They put the Big Ten Championship game on their schedule. Although, Iowa seems to find its way there fairly regularly, even though they, uh, according to you guys, don't know how to spell offense much. Let's play it. They have been a benefactor of not sharing a division with Ohio State and Michigan. Mm-hmm. That whole number one, number two thing may not work real well for Iowa. Is that what you're saying? And, and they're going to see them more, obviously, with the new schedule format. They've had years like this in the past where they didn't have to go to Columbus or they didn't have to go to the big house or vice versa. And, look, I I know they've beaten Ohio State before. That's happened. You saw on their schedule at uh, no no Ohio State, no Michigan. No Ohio State, no Michigan. This year. And that's going to change on them. Yeah. Uh, The most famous people that have ever gone to the University of Iowa, hey, Dad, are? Uh, Ashton Kutcher, Gene Wilder. Yeah, that's the good top two. Tennessee Williams, a Mississippi guy who went to the University of Iowa. That's kind yeah. of odd. Tom Arnold, Tom Brokaw, got some good ones there. 
That's a really good one. Remember, uh, you're not going to include huh. Flannery O'Connor. Flannery O'Connor uh, is not making the list here that I'm looking at. Well, there she is. Yeah, she was 15th. Yeah, sure, Flannery O'Connor. Why not? Right. Yeah. Remember, okay. remember when Ashton Kutcher was on College Game Day? Uh, shortly after, they one did of the it. biggest snobs in the history of College Game Day. They they brought an Iowa alum to be the guest picker at Iowa State. Yeah, and that was shortly after it came out that he and Mila Kunis don't like use deodorant or something Bave. something weird yeah like they, they they keep their showers and baths to a uh, an absolute minimum because they're weird and people in Hollywood are weird and the entire crowd behind him when they were going through their picks were chanting take a shower the whole time <laughs> between that and Dan Orvlosky keeping a towel up for 6 months I mean what do people do take a be clean people you, you keeping, never know. You ever keeping want a to towel? Know. What now? Dan Orlovsky says he like changes out a towel like every six months or something. That like he dries like off after bathing. His, his bath towel. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's clean when he's he uses to it. Sit up there. Oh, okay. Let me get your wife on the phone and see how often those towels get changed out in the cross house. I bet it's not every six months. I bet it's yeah. more recent than that. Do you, Do you reuse a uh, a shower towel? I, I go a week, and then I'll change them out. Well, you use the same towel for a week? Yeah, for a week. A week oh. is acceptable. I keep hmm. two handy, rotate them each day, like just on the rack. Like I've got two, and I'll use one one day, one the next day, and I'll wash every week or two. I might get two or three showers out of one, but after that, it's like just it's going to – I mean, we do have we have a washing machine. Huh. Yeah, we do too. A week is fine. I don't know, man. You're busting on a guy for reusing the towel for six months, but you use one for, for a week. For six I mean, months? Yeah, well. That's, a, that's 26 weeks. Do you just throw it away after six months and get a new one, or do you wash it at that point? You should. I don't know what he's doing. Okay, that guy, I, I, I'm not a fan of his. Because of his towel terrible habits? Food or? Takes, terrible food takes. Oh, his food takes are awful, too. Was he like not like pizza or something? He he only has salt and pepper in the spice cabinet, nothing else. Oh, Mayonnaise is spicy guys. to him. All right. Iowa team number seventy six on the countdown of one hundred teams in one hundred days. College football fix. That's how we will start the five o'clock hour with you next. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here. On Super Talk Mississippi. Five o'clock hour, Sports Talk Mississippi with you on Super Talk Mississippi. Twelve stations across the Magnolia State covering all 82 counties. We are glad to be with you. Of course, also streaming online at supertalk.fm and uh, available on TV also at Supertalk TV. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad joining you today, as always, from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of Geyser Falls Water Park. It's hot 
right? We've made it to summer. Well, officially we'll get to summer on Wednesday, but it feels like summer outside. Cool off, refresh yourself and your kids and your family. Bring a new towel, not a used one, to uh, Geyser Falls Water Park. Slides, wave pool, lazy river, get the whole deal. Good fun for the whole family. Make it a day trip or a weekend trip, whatever you prefer. Geyser Falls Water Park, part of Pearl River Resort. You can join us on the ceasefire text line. Don't forget to bring a towel. At 601-879-4395, give your business the edge with ceasefires fiber to the home. Uh, actually, you, you should do that separate. You give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business, but you can also gigabit, uh, get, get gigabit internet in your home. It's called fiber to the home from ceasefire. Learn more about them online at ceasefire.com. Let's do it. College football fix. Get a gigabit. Get a gigabit of internet for you from Ceasefire. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling clubs are built, best-selling trucks are built Ford tough. Talking English, second language for me right now. Also tough. Apparently. Not as tough as yeah. those Ford trucks, though. You can uh, get an F-150 today at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. All right. We need to talk a little bit of recruiting. Um, there was, and, and for in fairness, we don't usually spend a lot of time on individual recruits. The game has just changed, right? It used to be, you know, National Signing Day and the lead-up to it, and we talked about guys, and we knew we were in classes. But now... The dates have changed. The commitments seem to mean less. NIL is a player in this. Transfer portal is a player in this. If you like super duper duper cover recruiting and live and die with it, you'll 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 kill yourself at this point. Sometimes there's a story that stands out a little bit more, and this one does. Travaris or Travaris? Hey, Dad, you knew more about him. Oh no, no, he committed to y'all. You you got to know his name at this point. I, I, I'm out. He did not file a commitment with either Richard Cross or myself. He did not. Oh, he did not commit to us. Wow. I, I think it's Oh, do you smell that? That smells like sour grapes to me. All right, so Travaris Banks is committed to Ole Miss. Travaris, whatever. Hey, Dad, you and lots of others. I mean, we, we, we mm-hmm. actually talked about him a couple of weeks ago, a week or so ago on the show. Yeah. You, you thought that not only was he going to commit to Mississippi State, you went so far as to say he was simply waiting on his birthday, and he was going to announce on his birthday that he was committing to Mississippi State, or at least that's what people not, thought was going to be the case. Not not his birthday, a date he had chosen to honor a certain relative or something. Okay. I thought you said it was his birthday. I, I'm, I'm misremembering. No. My apologies. Sorry. What happened? Give Ole Miss some credit here. They they got this kid to campus with almost no knowledge, which is almost impossible these days. I mean, their their recruiting reporters were not re- reporting it, uh, but they got him on campus and they got him. You, know, you can call it a flip. I mean, he was never a public commitment to Mississippi State, but uh, my friend Paul Jones at Twenty Four Sports will, Seven Sports will tell you he has the quotes. He has the quotes of him saying, "This is why I've committed to Mississippi State and why I want to be a Bulldog." 
So it's it's a flip as far as I'm concerned. So Ole Miss got him on campus and uh, were able to to get him to flip from Mississippi State to Ole Miss, and now he's a part of the Ole Miss class. To me, the the, the most interesting piece of this is the second part of the conversation. The reason we brought this up a week or so ago was because J.J. Harrell had backed away from his commitment to Tennessee. Highly sought-after wide receiver that was committed to Tennessee, backed off of that, and people got excited in a lot of different places. Ole Miss fans got excited, Mississippi State fans got excited, and that's what kind of launched the conversation that we were having about Traveris Banks, and you were convinced that J.J. Harrell was going to end up committing to Mississippi State after Traveris Banks did, does that change in your mind also now that Banks commits to Ole Miss? Well, does that make it more likely that J.J. Harrell ends up going to Ole Miss? Obviously, there will be other schools involved as well. I think Harrell's recruitment is going to go to signing day, and I thought that I don't know if we had a miscommunication there. Harrell is a guy who's who's not making a decision uh, anytime soon. I, I still think it's leaning towards Mississippi State. Um, Along with with the other receiver from Starkville, Stonka Burnside, I feel like they they want to play together. Go Is he the one you were talking about when we said this, or was Banks? Just I may have been talking more about Burnside. Okay, no, I may have been talking more about Burnside. Yeah, but it's going to be a, a process on Harold. He's going he's going to take as many visits as he can. He was on campus at Mississippi State. Uh, last week, I don't know if he was on campus at Ole Miss last week or not, but that is one that will probably go into December uh, for that battle. All right, Borky, i got to ask you this, because Ole Miss has had some good commitments, especially on the defensive side of the ball, in the last few weeks. Is this the Pete Golding effect? Yeah. Yeah. I I think so. You know, of course, there's other factors in recruiting. There's a lot of things that go into it, uh, of course, but... Yeah, you are seeing, you saw it with portal guys as well. It's not just high school players, but the the quality and the locale of high school commitments and portal guys since Pete Golding has taken over is obvious. It is. And now Ole Miss's NIL program is quite good, comparatively speaking anyway, to other programs like of their status or whatever. It's organized and well-funded and all that stuff, and so that's a factor in recruiting. But, yeah, Pete Golding has really established something in recruiting and roster building since he's taken over as defensive coordinator at Ole Miss. It's, I don't know if it's about relationships or style or what, but you know he is a guy that, that's not from here, but from here, has lived here, has ties here, and his predecessor had inroads with some guys from New Jersey. There's probably more to it than that, but I'm sure that helps. Long story short, yeah. The, the people that tried to tell you that Pete Golding can only get players because he's at Alabama, that was always a stupid thing to begin with because Nick Saban doesn't keep bad recruiters on a staff for half a decade. But so far, defensively, they have improved who they're in on and who they're getting. Now, you say Ole Miss's NIL is well-funded. Is that going to continue to be the case, or are more quarterbacks coming? Well, they added another one this weekend. What an in, interesting story that one is. It, it really is. Austin Simmons <laughs> Incredibly from Incredibly interesting. 
Um, one of the most fascinating pieces of that is just how mad Florida fans are. Not so much at Austin Simmons, but at Billy Napier and the Billy Florida Napier. staff. I mean, there was a lot of, yeah. I mean, they can't even hang on to an in-state quarterback and keep him from flipping to Ole Miss. So, originally, class of 2025, reclassified and is going to be part of the 2023 class. Now, before you go crazy on this, that doesn't mean that Ole Miss has a 16-year-old quarterback coming in. He's 17, he's going to turn 18 in the fall. At an earlier point in his like grade school time, he had been held back a year. And so he's kind of getting that year back and then graduating a year early. So it's a year early, but it's not necessarily two years early in terms of age. Um, and he's a two-sport guy. He's a left-handed pitcher that has a lot of Ole Miss folks excited as well that he's 91 to 94 from the left side. It's a really crowded quarterback room all of a sudden. That, that's, that's the question I have to ask is who's leaving, him or Walker Howard? Well, Because one of them ain't going to play. And that's kind of the thing, right? The quarterback position is obviously different for a lot of different reasons. But in the era of player movement, what happens, let's pretend for a second, that Jackson Dart is very good this year, not great, and the NFL gives him a fourth-round grade, and he decides, you know what? That's just not enough. The collective's going to pay me well. I'm coming back to school. Okay. Who's to say that you're not going to lose a quarterback anyway? Because you 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 now will have two already. That's and then a nightmare scenario. <laughs> Possibly, but I mean, you you just you can't be confident. I mean, Mississippi State's heir apparent to Will Rogers. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. He didn't wait it out, and he left, and then he lost the job where he went. So quarterback rooms now are more volatile than they've ever been. This idea that you're going to stockpile four guys just to wait their turn, not happening anymore. There's been some conventional wisdom through the years that you need a quarterback in every single recruiting class. Ole Miss, in effect, has three quarterbacks in this recruiting class, plus a returning starter. We'll be right back. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. If you are curious, uh, LSU has broken the Jello shot record. Well, good for them. In four days. Hey, Dad, they've it's spent so over 100, as, as a fan base, they've spent over $107,000 on Jello shots in four days. I mean, 21,000 shots for what? Like 7,000? I mean, no, they're not all doing three shots a piece. They're not all walking in there. It's just silly. Yeah. I wasn't. I mean, I'm but, glad for the, the charity that's going to get money out oh, of it. Yeah. But, yeah. So, by the way, I wasn't saying that the Ole Miss quarterback room as currently constructed, considering Spencer Sanders and, and all that, is normal because it's not normal. However, recruiting and signing quarterbacks needs to go differently moving forward. That, that's all. It's well, why would they have? Uh, they already have Walker Howard. Well, are you sure Walker Howard's going to be there in two years? I mean, maybe, but w- again, what happens if Jackson Dart sticks around? 
What happens if Jackson Dorr stays another year? Is Walker Howard going to finish his grades and then sit the bench again when he's got 10 other schools, uh, Auburn, um, tampering and trying to get him to go play there? And, and now he's a graduate, so then he can hop in the portal and go wherever he wants. You, you're, you're not guaranteed the quarterbacks you sign sticking around forever anymore. That doesn't make Ole Miss's situation not unique because it, it is. And it's, yeah. it's it, interesting doesn't even describe it well enough. So, However, so how many, bringing this quarterback in is not a stupid thing to do. How many quarterbacks dress on the road? How many quarterbacks do you take on the road? Three. And one of these guys isn't going. Yeah, so one of these guys isn't going. I, I still this, – this is stupid at this point because it's June. But uh, for some reason, I still think I would be surprised if Spencer Sanders dresses – if he doesn't win the job or whatever, if there's no guarantee. I, I just I, It still feels like him being there would surprise me for some reason. If at some point we get news that Spencer Sanders is transferring, nobody will be surprised. You'll be more surprised if he actually stays on the roster at this point, but as a compliment to what Jackson Dart does, Spencer Sanders makes a lot of sense. I don't know that Walker Howard is ready right now to be a quarterback in the SEC. There's a lot of good that you saw from Walker Howard in Ole Miss's spring game. Um, yeah. And certainly, certainly you would. Okay, you, you said one of these is not traveling. It's it's the new guy that's not traveling. He's going to redshirt this year. He's going to be 17 yeah. until like October or November. And, and so if you're saying, well, are you going to travel three quarterbacks? Yeah, the, the three quarterbacks you're going to travel are Jackson Dart, who's likely to be but, your starter, Spencer Sanders, if he's still on the roster, and Walker Howard. Those are going to be the three that travel. So, you know, again, it's just a rumor, but if what they're saying about NIL for this kid is accurate, that's a big chunk of money for a kid who's not going to dress in in five games this year and won't play a moment this year when Ole Miss has these holes on defense. But it's not upfront money, though. It's not upfront money. I mean, I know it's not, but there there is some money coming out. Some. He's not, he didn't, he's not just showing up. Because yeah. there's a guy on the text line said the same thing. It, it, Richard, correct me if I'm wrong. As I understand it, if let's pretend for a second that Ole Miss gets a commitment from a wide receiver from Texas A&M. And that that wide receiver hypothetically came for I I'm, I am throwing this number out. Let's say three hundred thousand dollars. Maybe it's more, maybe it's less. I don't know. They don't give him three hundred thousand when he enrolls in school. Right. It's over but. a years, many years, two, three years, however they structure the contract, and it's monthly installment. So it's not like yeah. this hypothetical wide receiver from Texas A and M. They are out all the money in his contract after this hypothetical wide receiver from Texas A&M gets hypothetically removed from the team after hypothetically doing something stupid. His name was Miss Charsel. So they didn't lose all that money. The player actually lost that because he breached the contract. But at the same time, if Simmons is on the roster at the end of the year, he's going to get money and never have played. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Plus one equals two. My my guess, and all this is is a guess, like a complete guess, is that it is a 
agreement that would go up in value as the years go along. Probably. And of course, all and of my these... guess is Howard's is similar. Yeah, but wouldn't you also believe that all of these are subject to renegotiation? I'm sure that if, if a scholarship is a one-year deal, I'm sure NIL is. See Judkins, comma, Quinshawn? Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. But that that feels like you if you if you're if based on what you're saying, right? You're like, okay, it's it's up for renegotiation. You're saying, you know, Judkins went up in value. Right. If somebody goes down in value, I mean, that's 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 a one way ticket to the transfer board. Oh, I'm getting less money. I'll see you later. I'm glad that we talk about this openly. Why not? How it is? It's just, this, is, <laughs> this, this is this is exactly how it is. But Ole Miss is not unique in that. No, it's everywhere. Everywhere. No, that's the point. Some people give up front money. At least I've heard, and that's a dumb idea. That's going to change too. I mean, unless you just it have gonna change. an unlimited, stupid amount of money, it's going to change. Because everybody, even a place like Texas A and M, a place like Tennessee, a place like Texas, Georgia, to some degree, they are going to have to manage the money that they have available to pay kids through NIL deals. They're just, whether whether you have at your disposal $2 million or $20 million or somewhere in between. And some of the in-depth NIL reporting has led us to believe that most Power 5 programs in the SEC are operating in the neighborhood of, what, seven to $8 million a year for their football? NIL war chest? you got to figure out how to... How to Make that money work the best that you can. No different than a, you know, whatever budget you have at home, right? You you want to try to maximize the dollars that you have. You're like, okay, I know I have to pay make a house payment. I know I have to make a car payment. I know I have to pay utilities. I know I have to pay for cell phone. I know I need to set money aside for retirement. I've got kids. I know I need to be planning for their college fund. You know, what whatever else mandatory expenses you have on a month-to-month basis or a week-to-week basis when you've got some money left over, then you decide, okay, well, I've got this amount of money left over. How do I maximize that? How do I stretch it? How do I give myself the ability to do the most with that money? And I kind of feel like that's the same thing that people are learning that are operating in the NIL space. So we'll see, right? I don't know how the quarterback thing plays out. I don't have a clue how it plays out. What I'd really love to know deep down is how Lane Kiffin thinks it's going to play out. Not in terms of who's going to play, but in terms of who's going to be on the roster. Yeah. I think Lane Kiffin believes that Jackson Dart is going to be on the roster when they start fall camp or when they play their first game. I think Lane Kiffin believes that Walker Howard is going to be on the roster when they play their first game. I think given the fact that Austin Simmons just committed to Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin would believe that Austin Simmons is going to be on the roster when they play their first game. I don't know what Lane Kiffin believes deep down. Like if if, if you strip away emotion and online persona and everything, I don't know what he believes deep down about Spencer Sanders. 
I think deep down he wants Spencer Sanders on this roster because I think he, and, and again, this is just what I believe. I believe that Lane Kiffin thinks that Spencer Sanders gives him a security blanket at quarterback. That's probably very fair. But more so... Well, Sanders doesn't want to be that. Sanders wants to play, so... Well, he does. But he also knows what he's making in terms of NIL money from Ole Miss. And so he's got to balance what he's getting from Ole Miss what he could get somewhere else, and how playing time factors into that. Is he a future NFL quarterback? If he is, he probably needs to be on the field somewhere. Do you sacrifice money short-term to go to a place where you can play for perhaps more long-term gain if he makes it to the NFL? Or does he not think he's an NFL? I, you know, who knows? It's really fascinating, though. It's fascinating. It's confusing. And, 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 I, I get asked all the time. But, and I just don't know how to answer anymore. I have. I don't know. I, this but is I guess going back to the, the question that Haydad asked a second ago. Like, why is Ole Miss adding another quarterback when they need to get better on the defensive side of the ball? They seem to be getting better on the defensive side of the ball as well. In terms of adding players on that side, so and not a, all of those are immediate impact guys. That's your college football fix for a couple of segments driven by Ford. We'll be right back. Good at work. Good at work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. If you're looking for a new Ford truck or SUV, let me suggest that uh, you stop by and visit Belk Ford in Oxford. They're located on Highway 6 West. And I would suggest that regardless of where you're located. If you can't make it to Oxford, but you're looking for a new F-150, maybe a Super Duty truck, that's the F-250, an Explorer, or an Expedition, you can check them out online at belkford.net or just give them a call. Call the, uh, the the store in Oxford. You can find that website, find the phone number there. Great selection of F-150s, good financing options available through Ford Credit, service after the sale, and a, uh, a family atmosphere at Belk Ford in Oxford. They're going to treat you right. It's a family-owned company. They've been a Ford dealership since 1961, so plenty of experience. They are Ford people. So go by and see Steve or any of the salesmen at uh, Belk Ford. They'll get you taken care of. They'll get you into the uh, Ford F-150. Still got some 2023s on the lot, a bunch of different trim packages. If you've not been behind the wheel of an F-150 lately, you don't know what you're missing out on. So test drive the best-selling truck in America for the last 46 years at Belk Ford. And if you're looking for a Toyota, they've got you covered there as well at Oxford Toyota, just up the hill from Belk Ford. Again, Highway 6 West in Oxford, BelkFord.net, or stop by and see them and tell them you heard about 
Belk Ford on Sports Talk Mississippi. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. We gave you one team earlier on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Let's check one more off the list. Team number 75 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days from the American, the Tulane Green Wave. Tulane Green Wave football last year, they won the Cotton Bowl. They won the Cotton Bowl. They beat Southern Cal in the Cotton Bowl last year, capping off an incredible turnaround season. 2-10 Two and ten in 2021, and then last year, well, it was a completely different story. They went 12-2 and two with wins over UMass, Alcorn State, Kansas State, lost a game to Southern Miss, would not lose again until the conference championship game. Overtime win against Houston, beat East Carolina and South Florida and Memphis and Tulsa, beg your pardon, they lost to UCF on November 12th, but then avenged that loss against UCF 45-28 on December 3rd, and then on January 2nd, Monday afternoon in Dallas, they beat Southern Cal 46-45. We were on the air when that happened, weren't we? It was an incredible yeah, football we were. game. We were. Yeah, we got we got to do a little live uh, uh, enjoyment of it. It was really, really cool. Michael Pratt is returning. Michael Pratt last year at quarterback threw for 3,000 yards with 27 touchdowns and just five interceptions. They lose Ty J. Spears, who was huge. 19 rushing touchdowns, nearly 1,600 yards rushing on the ground. Michael Pratt, by the way, was the second leading rusher on that two-lane team from a year ago. Lose their five top tacklers from that season from last year. Uh, but they got some pretty good pieces on the defensive line coming back, defensive end, defensive tackle that are returning. It's going to be a good two-lane team again. They're going to be picked to win the American Conference this year. Of course, that's not shocking considering the departures of Houston and UCF and Cincinnati from the American. Uh, likely going to be two-lane one, Memphis two in the uh, the preseason poll. And when you look at this two-lane schedule this year, the American is going to be a little easier to navigate. But uh, there's a game that kind of jumps out on the schedule when uh, you talk about Tulane, and it's the Week 2 home game at Yulman Stadium against Ole Miss, a 2.30 kickoff on ESPN2, Ole Miss and Tulane from New Orleans on Saturday, September 9th. And then the following week, they head to Hattiesburg in somewhat of a revenge game, one of their two losses in the regular season a year ago. They are in Hattiesburg for a 3 p.m. kickoff on ESPNU the rest of the schedule, eh, it's a little less interesting when you uh, talk about the American Conference schedule. Tulane, uh, you got a famous alum or two, hey, Dad, from the Green Wave? No. I didn't have one oh. already. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Is, really? He went to Tulane? Newt Gingrich? That's surprising. Probably law school there. Yeah. Uh... Andrew Breitbart, the guy I guess who is the 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 uh, founder yeah, of Breitbart. Breitbart. I had no idea that, that I had no idea that Tulane was this right wing news factory. I had I wasn't aware of that. Uh, would not have guessed that for a, a university in the middle of New Orleans. Uh, Paul Glaser, who played Starsky on Starsky and Hutch, yeah. one of my favorite comedians. Anthony Jezelnik went to Tulane. Again, that's surprising. Lauren Hutton went to Tulane. Man. 
Big time. All right. Tulane, team number 75 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. So, since uh, early May, there has been a question on the minds of Mississippi State fans, especially Mississippi State baseball fans. Who is the next pitching coach going to be? Bulldogs went the last three weeks of the regular season without a pitching coach, two weeks or three weeks, whatever it was. Um, And now Chris Lamonis and Mississippi State have settled on the new pitching coach. His name is Justin Parker. He was the pitching coach at the University of South Carolina. Joins the staff after spending the last two years at at South Carolina. Before that, he was the associate head coach and pitching coach at Indiana. Did the tenures overlap at all? With did Chris not Lomas? overlap. Okay, did there's not, no overlap. Did not overlap. In the official lease from Mississippi State, Parker says, I want to thank Coach Lamonis for this incredible opportunity to join an amazing staff and a program with a storied tradition. We share many of the same coaching philosophies, and I'm excited to begin this next chapter of my coaching career with this storied program. My family and I are fired up to get to Starkville and join the Mississippi State family. He has produced big-time arms. Um... Guys that have been selected in the draft. Nine of the 20 pitchers drafted under his watch, whether at Indiana or South Carolina, have been taken in the first 10 rounds. Chris Lamonis about Justin Parker said this. He's one of the top pitching coaches in the country and is on the rise in the coaching ranks of college baseball. Terrific baseball talent, incredible vision for what he wants to do on the mound, and defensively here at Mississippi State, a huge asset for the Diamond Dogs, Excited to welcome him and his family to Starkville. Last year at South Carolina, this past season, Justin Parker led South Carolina to 608 strikeouts, 17th most in the country, 5th in the SEC. They tallied a little better than 10 strikeouts per nine innings, 20th best in the country, 6th in the SEC, 12th best ERA in the country, 2nd in the SEC, and he had some really talented guys. So, in terms of picking up players in the transfer portal, don't know how many it's going to be. But the majority of Mississippi State's pitching staff this coming season will be guys that were on the roster this past season. And so, hey, Dad, isn't that where the conversation has to start with Justin Parker? What can he do to help the current staff improve over what they were this year for next year? 100%. I mean, like you said, with the portal... Who knows how that's going to go for Mississippi State? Who knows what players will be in it? But you've got some quality arms, but this this pitching staff is broken. There's just no other way to describe it. A pitching staff that walks as many guys as this staff walked a season ago. Your, 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 your whip for the season is, what, a 1.77. Now, you're... you're your earn run average for the season, not just conference play, but for the whole season, was 7.01. South Carolina pitchers last year walked 205 batters. Mississippi State's walked 321. Mm. 321 walks in, in what, 56 games? Do the math. How many free bases there were? This pitching staff had a systemic flaw. If one guy isn't good, it's just one guy's not good. You know, a couple of years ago, Eric Sarantola couldn't put it together. He just couldn't put it together. When everybody 
is a problem. That's that's a coaching issue. So Mississippi State hopefully has found a guy who can fix whatever is broken with this pitching staff. Eliminate walks, top of the priority list. And then be better in terms of allowing runs. I mean, ultimately, look, I I don't care if your earned run average is 3.01 or 5.72. I mean, within the confines of what your team is capable of, you got to figure out a way to limit runs. And when we talked about, you know, 10 run rule games and how often that happened and what happened in the SEC, some of it, I mean, Limiting walks factors into that. You give up more base runners, the other team's going to get more runs. Whether it's pitching to contact, figuring out how to strike out more guys, eliminate walks, playing better defense behind it, it all factors in together, and they've all just got to figure out a way to be better. How has this hire been received? Well, people are excited. Okay, good to know. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap it up with you on this Monday, coming up next in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. If you don't have any Genteel in your closet, what are you waiting for? You can go to their website, genteelapparel.com, and pick out the golf shirts or the pullovers that you think look the best. Be sure to try their shorts. You're going to love the way they fit. You're going to love the way they feel. You're going to love the way they look. They've also got uh, pants that are available. If you got to wear pants during the summer, that's a bummer, right? You, you would prefer to wear shorts. But if you're like Michael Borky and you have to wear pants to the office during the summer, you need to try the Clubhouse Collection pants from Genteel because that's the closest thing to wearing no pants at all that look great and feel great. They are lightweight. They are moisture-wicking. They don't stain easily. They are versatile. They are comfortable. Just take my word for it. Just try a pair. Uh, the, The Clubhouse Collection pants, and they're great. You're going to love them. Genteelapparel.com or wherever Genteel is sold near you, including places like Chandelure Outfitters in Ocean Springs, Kincaid's Fine Clothing in Ridgeland, Reeds of Starkville, Randy Price and Company in Hattiesburg, and Abrahams in Indianola. Try them out. You're going to love them. Genteelapparel.com. Ten minutes away from the start of a uh, winner's bracket game, at the uh, College World Series, got uh, LSU and Wake Forest. Really anticipated matchup. Best pitching staff in the country against one of the best offenses in the country. But, oh, by the way, Wake Forest offense is really good, too. It was a low-scoring first game in the tournament where uh, Wake Forest got a 3-2 to win over Stanford. 
Pitching or offense, who wins this one tonight? And, oh, by the way, LSU pitches it pretty well, and, and they're pitching better as of late. I'm assuming that Ty Floyd gets the start tonight for LSU, though I don't have that pulled up in front of me. I'll verify. Pitching or, or defense? Kind of feels like, I mean, pitching or feels like a football game where it's like, you know, Alabama is number one and trying to think of somebody random, Wake Forest maybe would be number two. It's like, you know, LSU's been there and they've done that, six national titles, and Wake Forest is out of nowhere program. But Wake Forest, I think, is the more consistent team. LSU, you saw what happened the other night when Skeens came out. Immediately they start giving up runs. Cooper can't pitch every game for them. I like I like the Demon Deacons here. Right. Do you? Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the Raisin Canes founder, Dropped $30,000 on Jello shots a few minutes ago. This is what I'm talking about. Well, he bought 6,000 shots. There's not 6,000 people in that bar drinking shots. $30,000. Just, just donate thirty grand to charity. Just, just why, why, why eliminate the middleman? Yeah. Or just... $30,000. I mean, I mean, what that would do to my life. I guess you know I need to go start frying up some chicken in, in the in the home kitchen and see what I can come up with because, good lord, the uh, the, the tweet from Rocco's said um, Todd Graves head fry cook from Raising Cane's out here supporting LSU baseball. Thirty thousand dollars worth of Jello shots, good for you. It's not it's not going to hurt him. No, he's fine. And LSU has won the all-time Jello shot challenge. I mean, it kind of they haven't felt played like... their second game yet. Yes, yes, I'm, I, I am aware. It kind of felt like the uh, the record that Ole Miss set last year was like, wow, well, that'd be kind of hard to reach. And then LSU gets it <laughs> in three and a half days this year. Yeah, it was a challenge, and they um, they came to party. Challenge accepted. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they, they, they came Does to party. Does that mean Ole Miss has officially, finally lost a party? Uh, no, they weren't actually in attendance at this party. You have to be in okay, attendance so at we, the party to lose You have it. to be there. The last time they so were at Ole the Miss party, they were there they in LSU. It. Okay, okay. I, I, you know what? I'll accept hey, that answer. Hey, and you know what? Rocco's may hope that Ole Miss and LSU at some point are in the College World Series at the exact same time. Almighty. I will stage Ooh, an intervention. I will post outside of that. That bar and somebody say, is going to no more Jello shots. Don't buy them. Somebody is going to drop their entire hedge fund into Jello shots. All guests on Sports Talk Mississippi appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. It was a no guest Monday, as usually is the case. There's so much to get to from the weekend. You got good college baseball coming up tonight, or at least we think you're going to have good college baseball. Ty Floyd on the mound for LSU. Josh Hartle getting the start for uh, Wake Forest. Let's see. Wake Forest has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hitters in its starting lineup, hitting over 300. LSU has one, two, three, four, five, six hitters hitting over 300, and two hitting over 375. We'll see. Should be fun. Packed house coming up tonight in uh, Omaha. Thanks for being with us. Fun Monday edition of Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll re-rack it and do it again tomorrow, starting at 3 o'clock right here in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Good night.
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.